So today we are sharing about since you believed, are you growing? Since you believed, are you growing? And this is an exciting series of messages because it goes right along with our mission here at Faith Assembly. Connect, grow, and go. Once we've believed, once we connect, it is important that we are growing. And as a believer, spiritual growth should be taking place in our lives. No matter the age, no matter the season, no matter what's going on in our lives, we should be growing in Christ. And I'm super excited that we are sharing about growing in Christ today because I know that for the believer sometimes it can be a struggle. We start out as believers and we want to grow deeper in Christ. We want to grow closer to Christ, but sometimes it seems like we're stuck. And it's like a struggle. But this morning, this is for all of us. No matter who you are, no matter what age you are, or what season of life you're in, God is calling us today to grow deeper in Him and grow stronger in Him. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life today as we grow spiritually in Him. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14 explains it just like this. Just as an infant wants milk at first, the infant cannot stay on milk. At some point, the infant will need solid food in order to mature. The same is true in knowing God. You see, that's what God wants for us. God wants us to draw in close to Him. God wants us to grow deeper and stronger in Him with every move we make in life. Colossians 4.12, that you may become mature Christians and that you may fulfill God's will for you. When I was reading that passage of scripture, two things jumped out at me off the page. Two things caught my attention. And those were the words mature and God's will. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, grow up. That's right. God wants us to grow up in Him because when we don't become mature Christians and we don't grow up in Christ, then we stay in a place of unforgiveness and we stay oftentimes in a place of offense. I think we as Christians, you know, we understand that we need to grow in Christ. We understand that God wants us to grow. And I know that if I ask in the room this morning, who wants to grow deeper in the Lord? Raise your hand. Absolutely. You know, if you don't raise your hand that you want to grow deeper in Christ, then we need to talk about that. We need to find out why. Because we all want to grow deeper in Christ. But this morning I have to ask the question, why are so many Christians not growing? Why are so many Christians feeling blocked and hindered in their growth in Christ? Our relationship with Christ is like a journey. It's that way in my life, and I know it is in yours, where every day we have ups and downs in this life, don't we? Some days we get up and we feel like, hey, I can take on the world. And then some days we get up and we feel like, I cannot take another step. I don't feel like I can go any further. And what happens in the midst of life is that we come to places in our lives where we have to decide what are we going to do with the situations that come into our lives. What are we going to do with the circumstances that come into our lives? It leads me to point one for today and it says, as a believer, in order to grow, we must choose to thrive instead of survive. Let me hear y'all say thrive. thrive. Oh, that was good. That was way better than first service. They were like, thrive. So ain't nobody thriving talking like that. Come on, say it again. Thrive. thrive. 
Yeah, come on church, as a believer, we have got to choose to thrive instead of survive. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation if you indeed have tasted that the Lord is good. See, here's the deal. Once you believed, when you accepted Jesus in your heart, you have tasted and you have seen that God is good. You have tasted and you have seen the faithfulness of God. When you decided to follow Christ and you accepted Him into your life, you experienced that miracle, that miracle that you tasted of and you said, oh God, you are good. You are good. And I want to grow closer to you. I want to grow deeper in you. And when you have tasted and seen as a disciple and as a follower of Jesus, you know what? You're not going to let anything stand in your way of growing closer to God. You know, for me in my life, I've had hard times come into my life. And I've had situations and circumstances that I had to deal with. But there was something on the inside of me because of the miracle that I had witnessed where God saved my soul, a wretched sinner like I, because I had experienced that and because I had tasted the goodness of God and I had tasted the faithfulness of God I got up every day and I said God I want to serve you God I want more of you God I want to draw closer to you amen it's at that moment that you make a choice and you are going to begin to grow I heard on the radio in the car the other day, it said, Hey, welcome to fall in North Carolina. It's just like summer except with pumpkin everything. Right? It's like 94 outside today. Right? How many of y'all like everything pumpkin or pumpkin spice? Raise your hand. Not as many as we had this morning. It's like four of you. Let me ask again. How many of you like pumpkin spice? All right, okay. Well, let me tell you how it works with this pumpkin spice thing for those of us who love it, okay? Because what happened to me was one day I went into Dunkin' Donuts, right? And I went in there and I spied that pumpkin donut. Whew, I sure did. And I bought one and I ate it and I loved it. Oh, it tasted so, so good. And what happened was I wanted another one because that thing was good. And so now what happens is, Pastor Steve sometimes, you know, we'll be deciding we want to get a snack, and he'll say, hey, let's go get a chocolate sundae. And I'm like, "Mm, I'm thinking about that pumpkin donut. And he's like, let's go get a cookie. And I'm like, well, cookies are good, but I'd really love to have a pumpkin donut. And so what happened to me was that once I had that pumpkin donut and I tasted of it and it was good, nothing else would satisfy. Nothing else would satisfy that craving in my mouth that I wanted for that Dunkin' Donut pumpkin donut. And let me tell you, as a believer of God, you have tasted and you have seen the goodness of God. And you have tasted and you have seen the faithfulness of God, right? You have tasted and you have seen the miracle of God in your own life. And nothing else in this life will satisfy anymore. You're going to have a longing and you're going to have a craving on the inside of you that you're going to get up every day in the face of whatever's going on in your life. And you're going to say, God, I want to serve you. God, I want to draw closer to you. God, I want to go deeper in you. As a believer, you've tasted it. You've seen the goodness of God. You've seen the faithfulness of God. And let me tell you, believer, spiritual growth is not optional. 
Jesus said to be mature, we have to grow in him. We've got to get off the milk, and we've got to get on the meat of the word. Jesus said that he wanted us to grow deeper and closer to him. We should never live this life in survival mode. We should always, as children of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we should be living in thrival mode. Survival mode keeps us in a place of stunted growth where we live day by day, we live with stress, and we live with anxiety and fear. And most days we get up and we feel like we're just getting by. And it seems like tension and worry follow you everywhere you go. But can I tell you about thrival mode with the Lord? Thrival mode is when you decide that you're going to walk in the will of God for your life and you're going to stand in who you are because God said so no matter the circumstances no matter the hard trials you're going to make that choice for your life and you're going to thrive in the things of God you see God doesn't sit around and look at our situations and look at our circumstances and wonder what am I going to do what is going to happen He doesn't do that because God is not caught off guard. You see, God said to us in his word that we would have trouble, and he said that we were going to have hard times. But he also said that he had overcome the world, and he said that his name was greater than any name, and he said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Are there any believers in the house today that is thankful for that like I am? Amen. You see, God said you were going to have these troubles And he loved you so much that he even told us how we are to respond. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, he said, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And let me tell you, you're not always going to feel like rejoicing. It's not always going to seem like a situation where you need to rejoice. But because you are a child of God, and because of who God is, you can get up every day and rejoice in who He is, and rejoice in His goodness. There's always a reason to rejoice when we're a child of God. You and I were not made to survive. We were made to thrive. You're going to grow that moment that you decide to rejoice always. You're going to grow that moment that you decide you're going to pray anyway. You're going to grow that moment that you decide you're going to give thanks to God anyway because it is God's will for you and God's will for your life. We're not going to grow in Christ until we are willing to thrive. Hey, believer, we're not going to grow in Christ until we're willing to pick up the fruit of the Spirit and put down the things that God hates. Come on, somebody. Until we're willing to pick up the fruit of the Spirit and put down the things that God hates. Pick up your Bible. Pick up the Word of God. Pick up the promise of God. And listen, when those negative voices start coming in that we are allowing, everybody say, I'm allowing it. Listen, those negative voices... They don't have hold over you. They don't declare anything over your life. The Word of God declares over your life. And what God has said over you is what is to declare over your life. So what we do is we pick up the Word of God. We pick up the Bible. We pick up the promise of God. And we put down those negative voices that we're allowing to shout louder than our praise. Because those voices are wanting to keep you stuck. And those voices are wanting to keep you bound. And what they say to you are things like, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You'll never get past this. And sometimes the devil comes in and he says, yeah, everybody sees what you did. 
But let me tell you, in that moment, in that moment, believer, is a reason to raise your praise. You're going to raise your praise louder than those negative voices. You're going to raise your praise louder than those hindrances that are coming into your life. Thank you, God, that you forgive me. Thank you, God, that you love me. Thank you, God, that your grace is sufficient for me. Thank you, God, that you were made perfect in my weakness. And when we begin to raise our praise level, we're going to see ourselves grow deeper and deeper in Christ. And I said it in the first service. I'll say it again. And I believe in it. Why do we have to do everything the way we've always done it? Can we raise our praise level right now? Somebody needs to raise their praise level in this place. Come on, you've got more. We say it all the time, but you've got more. You've got more. Yes. When those negative voices and those hindrances start coming in and they make you feel like you're in bondage and they make you feel like you can't grow, if you will raise your praise level, you will get a breakthrough. You will grow because I'm telling you this morning, the devil has no hold on you. The only thing holding you back in your growth with God is you. But if you will raise your praise level and begin to focus on who he is, you're going to take new territory. Psalms 119.103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Believer, if you want to grow, you've got to pursue it. You've got to pursue it, just like in our relationships and our lives. For there to be growth in our relationships, whether it be marriage, family, friends, we have to passionately pursue it. Think about the relationships in your lives. Think about your friends and how often we long for friends. We long for friendships. But due to hurts and due to disappointments with friendships in our lives, we put up walls and we don't let anybody in, yet we ask, where are all my friends at? But we're not investing in those relationships. In our marriage, we have to speak to one another. We have to communicate with one another. And we have to cherish those intimate moments if we want our marriage to grow deeper. As I move to point two today, I want to share this with you. And maybe you've experienced it in your life like I have in mine. Because there have been times in my life when I knew I did not behave the way I should. There's been times in my life where I lost my temper. There's been times in my life where I've mishandled situations. There's been times in my life where I've dealt with very hard circumstances and situations where I was battling things on the inside that many times nobody knew anything about. But there was a struggle. And there was things going on in my life. And when these times would occur, instead of understanding that all this was God doing a work in me, instead of understanding that this was part of my growth process, I let it hinder me. It almost felt like that saying that we hear two steps forward, three steps back. When you step out to grow closer to God and you step out to grow deeper in God, it, the devil can make you believe that it's like some sort of growth scale where it's like, oh, I'm trying, God. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to grow closer to you. But when you mess up, when you lose your temper or you don't handle a situation right, the enemy can make you believe, mm, here you are. But that's not how our God is. 
Our God is full of grace, and our God is full of love. And as long as we'll continue to get up every time the enemy tries to push us down, that's when you're going to grow. And that's when you're going to understand that it's not in your strength, but it's in God's strength. And that's when you're going to understand that God has a plan and purpose for your life that is greater than who you are. And I love what I've heard before that says, hey, if you think you've messed up the plan of God for your life, honey, you're not that powerful. You're not that powerful. Two steps forward, three steps back. But God, in reality, knows that we aren't perfect. And it's in those times that He is molding you and shaping you and leading you to be the person of God that He's calling you to be. And it's in that moment that you're truly going to begin to understand the promises of God. And it's in that moment that you're really going to grow and understand how faithful your God is. And it's exactly right there in that moment when you fall flat on your face that you're truly going to understand the love that God has for you. That He says, come on, child. Come on, get up. Grow closer to me. Grow deeper in me because I'm taking you into new territory. I was looking through my journal the other day and I was reading through it and it was honestly just reading through my own journal was such a blessing to me I wanted to share it with you today and I'm kind of embarrassed to show it I showed it to first service but y'all I don't have no pretty journal this is actually my prayer journal it says Lisa's prayer journal and I started and it's just an old notebook but I started this journal back in January of 2012 and I got it out and I started to read it. And when I started to read it, I began to realize that I wrote a lot of things in this journal. I wrote about all the victories that God was giving me in my life. And I also wrote about all the hard times. And it wasn't really easy to go back and read about all the hard times and struggles that I had. And this was since 2012. But as I began to read through those things in my journal, I began to see how God was molding me and shaping me and preparing me to be where he was calling me to be. I wrote about my feelings and I wrote about things that I was facing and I wrote about the struggles in my life and I began to notice that right there in that moment, every time in my journal, that that is where God was growing me. The journal goes all the way back to when we pastored in the mountains of North Carolina. And you don't even have time this morning to hear about all God did while we were there. But God was faithful. And it's wonderful to go back and read about all that. But I came across one part in my journal. I highlighted it in pink because I thought, I want to share that with my friends when I'm preaching on Sunday. But I was writing in the journal about a very hard time that I was walking through. And for me, a lot of times, I'll go through difficult things. I'll go through hard times in my life. And really, I struggle with them right by myself. Nobody knows I'm going through them. Sometimes you can look around. It feels like nobody's there. Nobody that you can really share with and talk with. But God is always there. And God always has a word that you need right when you need it. And I begin to read, and it said, I don't even know if I believe the vision that God gave us would have been possible without the struggle that we have been through. If there is no struggle, there is no progress. Lisa, you need to remember, some hard things are just necessary. Praise God even for the hard times. Praise God even for the struggle. Because without the struggle, we can never get to where he's calling us. We can never understand his faithfulness. We would never understand his goodness. And we would never understand how much he loves us. Point two, we have to be willing to focus 
on our responses rather than focus on what is trying to hinder us from growing. If we don't focus on how we respond instead of what is hindering us, that's going to be your place of bondage. That's going to be the place that you're held in bondage. Is when you begin to focus on your hindrances rather than focuses on, focusing on what you're going to do. I was reading a little article about animals, and it was talking about these animals that are held in cruelty situations. And many of these animals are put in small cages, and it said that the animals cannot grow to full capacity because they only grow to the size of their cage. It said their growth is lagging, their growth is stunted because they are held in these cages. And I thought, oh my God, today I've got to ask the question, in relation to your spiritual growth, what cage have you put yourself in? What cage are you holding yourself in when God wants you to be set free? When God wants you to release that bondage and He wants you to come out of that cage and grow deeper and grow closer and grow stronger in Him? Have you limited your spiritual growth because of some mistakes you have made? Have you limited your spiritual growth because of your past? Or maybe you have picked up the lies of the devil instead of picking up the fruit of the Spirit. Maybe you have picked up the lies of the devil and it keeps placing doubt and doubt and doubt in you that says God could never use me, much less would God, King of kings and Lord of lords, would he ever draw near to me? Over and over in our lives, you see, many of us have been disappointed. Many of us have been disappointed in people. Many of us have been disappointed in our circumstances and situations. But can I remind you today, God will never disappoint you. You can come out of that cage that is holding you from growing. You can come out of that bondage and know that God will meet you there. And God wants you to go deeper and closer to Him. Believer, it's time to grow. It's time to focus more on your response than on your hindrances. Now, what is your response? Let's talk about that for a minute. Your response is that through the Word of God, through prayer, and through the precious Holy Spirit, you are going to let it go, and you are going to trust God. And at the point that you decide you're going to lay down that heavy baggage and that you're going to lean into Him and that you're going to trust Him, that's the moment you're going to begin to grow. That's the moment that your life is going to begin to grow deeper and stronger in Christ. This past August, we went to Disney World. And everybody says that Disney World is the happiest place on earth. Well, it's great. I love Disney. But I'm not quite sure that it's the happiest place on earth. It was more like super crowded and very hot <laughs> place on earth. But we went to this little show while we were there, and it was called Frozen. All right? How many of you are familiar with Frozen. That's right. I got more hands than pumpkin spice. All right. Everybody knows Frozen. So you know Olaf and you know Elsa. That's right. And so we were there and we were watching this show at Disney and they began to play this song while we were there watching the show. What song do you think they played? Let it go. They showed in. You're right. You know you're frozen. So they played Let It Go and I began to notice as we sat there to watch this little kid's show, and they played the song, Let It Go, I began to notice that it didn't matter what age these people were, from the smallest child to the biggest adult, people were singing that thing to the top of their lungs. And then I saw Disney on ice, right? And they played the song again. 
And I noticed the same thing, like everybody was singing the song. And it just struck me, and I thought, do you know why all these people are singing this song to the top of their lungs? It's not just because it's a fun song. And many of them in that room are even spiritually blind to why they love that song so much and why they were singing that song to the top of their lungs. It's because spiritually people identify with that song. The words and the message of that song. There is something on the inside of you crying out that you want to come out of the dark and go into the light. That you want to let some things go because you want to move closer into Christ. You want to let some baggage go so that you can pick up more of the fruit of the Spirit. You want to let the lies of the devil go because you want to pick up more of the truth of God's Word. And today I believe God is saying, let it go. The crowd sang to the top of their lungs. Why? Because you identify with that message. Let the hindrances go and embrace the growth of Christ by the help of the Holy Spirit. You see, your baggage is not always your past. It can also be the people in your life that is bringing you down, and it's time to move away from them and move in closer to Christ. It's time to let them go and embrace Christ. The places that you're allowing yourself to be, if you're going places that are causing you to not draw closer to Christ, let it go. Don't go there anymore. If you're going to look at things and listen to things that are not allowing your mind to focus on the Word of God and focus on who God is, shut it off. Shut it off and pick up the Word of God and allow that to come into your life. If you want to grow closer to Christ and you want to grow deeper in Christ, then you can't be connected to those things. You can't be connected to only looking at the spiritual memes on Facebook. You've got to be connected to the vine. You've got to be connected to the Word of God. You've got to be connected to the Spirit and the presence of God. Pick up your Word and be connected to the vine. John 15, 4 says, Remain in me, and I also in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can bear fruit unless you remain in me. You see, spiritual maturity, a lot of times we think, well, it's how long we've been in church. No. Sometimes we think spiritual maturity is how long we've been saved. No. Spiritual maturity just depends on what kind of fruit you're bearing. See, you're bearing fruit one way or the other. You're exposing some fruit to people around you. You've got fruit in your life. And spiritual maturity means that step by step, moment by moment, we want to be filled with the fruit of the Spirit. And we want that to bear other fruit in our lives. Amen? Number three this morning. I love this one, and I hope that we can get excited about point number three because I am so excited about point number three. And it says you can grow because God will complete the work. Okay. All right, let me try again. All right. It's not dependent on you. It's all about God. It's dependent on God. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. We can grow because God will complete the work. Listen to this translation. Philippians 1.6 And I am sure, say sure. See, I'm not like, oh, I hope God comes through. Maybe he will. I'm just, I'm not sure. 
No. The Word says that I am sure that God, who began a good work in you, will keep right on helping you grow in His grace until His task within you is finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus comes back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't wait until that work is completed in my life. I can't wait until that comes to fruition in my life. Now, how many of you have ever heard of having a green thumb? How many of you have a green thumb? Raise your hand. See, mm-hmm, same thing. See, I said, who likes pumpkin spice? Who has a green thumb? We got one hand. Who has a green thumb? Raise your hand. Oh, very few. Oh, okay, very few. When we're talking about plants, you hear some people say, I just don't have a green thumb. I mean, all of my plants die. My mama, she loves to grow plants. She has them all by her picture window in her house. And she's pretty proud of, you know, how she moves those plants and waters them and places them where they need to be. Well, this morning, you know, I just want to tell you, you do know that none of you actually have a green thumb. I mean, if you look at your thumb, it's skin color. Nobody actually has a green thumb. It just means that some people care about taking care of the plant and some people don't. Some people actually act upon the fact that they know it's going to take rain and water and sun for the plant to thrive. And some people just don't care if the plant dies. None of us actually have a green thumb. Some of us just don't commit. Everybody say commit. Right, because commit is a strong word. Some of us just don't commit to giving the plant what it needs to grow. See, maybe it's not a priority to you. Maybe you're too busy. Maybe we never stop to consider what the plant actually needs to grow. And I read a quote from one of my devotions. I don't know who said it originally, but it fits for today. It's real good. Listen. Many Christians are hindered in their walk solely because of laziness. You see, we desire to be in an elevated spiritual place, and we desire to grow deeper in Christ like a palm tree, but we're not willing to exert any effort, and therefore, we don't receive it. You see, you're going to have energy, and you're going to have time for whatever is a priority to you. Is your spiritual growth important to you? Is it important to you that you actually read your Bible? Is it actually a priority of yours that you pray? And honestly, do you really have that thing on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit, that causes you to hunger and thirst after the things of God? That causes you to say, God, I truly do want more of you. I truly do want to do what it takes to pursue you passionately with my whole heart so that I can let things go in my life that God is telling you over and over to let go so that you can step into your new territory, so that you can move forward, so that you can grow deeper and closer in Christ. 
Many believers are not growing because they are too bound in their circumstances. We're so bound in our unbelief. We're so bound in our frustration. Even frustration with your progress, like I talked about. So many times I myself would go out to grow deeper and closer with God and then it's boom, I mess up. The devil comes at me. But when you've tasted and you've seen how good God is and you know how faithful He is, it's about getting up one more time. Getting up and trusting God and knowing that He never fails. Can I remind you today that for every chain that holds you back, you're not standing around waiting on God to hand you the key. He's already given you the key. If the enemy has lied to you and said that you're in that cage and that you're bound and that you don't have any freedom and that God can never use you or would never draw near to you, let me tell you friend God loved you so much that he gave you the key that day that he left heaven and he came down here and he walked that hill and not only did he walk that hill but he died on that cross for you for you and at that moment he gave you all the keys that you need he gave you all the invitation that you need to draw closer and deeper in him he went to the cross and He gave you that key. He gave you the key to grow. He gave you the key to freedom. He gave you the key to step into your destiny and step into your purpose for your life. 2 Peter 1, 3-8 says, His divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Listen to this. For that reason, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And He loves you so much during this whole process that in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, He says to us, believer, that my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. In the Word of God found in Matthew 13, I want to share briefly from a story about a farmer who was sowing seed. And Jesus told this parable about a farmer who sowed plant seeds in the ground. And the story represents how people can grow spiritually. Some seed was picked away, like people picked off by the devil's lies. See, when the devil, devil whispers to you and the devil lies to you, if you aren't careful and you aren't staying close to the vine, he'll try to pick you off with that lie. He'll slam you in that cage and try to hold you bondage. Some seed didn't take root because it was planted in poor quality soil. Like the people who allow life's cares and life's troubles to distract them from making, following God and pursuing God a priority. 
Some seed couldn't grow because it got choked out by weeds, like people who allow world's values to choke out biblical values in their lives. But can I tell you, I don't care how loud the world shouts, it's not of God if it's not found in the Word of God and God didn't speak it, it's not the truth. Only the seed that fell on good soil grew to maturity, capable of bearing a harvest that could reproduce itself, like spiritual mature Christians who can grow up mature in Christ and then they're going to multiply and they're going to spread the good news of Christ and they're going to bring others into the love of Christ, into the kingdom of God. And then I read this little story about Andrew Jackson. Do y'all know who he is? Who is he? you check give her sticker yes I read this little story about Andrew Jackson and they were interviewing his friends that he grew up with and his friends said that they just couldn't understand how he became a famous general or how he became the president of the United States that his friends even said that they knew other people who lived in the neighborhood and who they grew up with that were way smarter and way more talented than Andrew Jackson but they never succeeded one of Jackson's friends says why Jim who lived right down the road from Andrew Jackson was smarter and had way more talent but hey just look at where Andrew is now friends would say that Andrew was always making mistakes Friends would even say that it seemed like Andrew would always get everything wrong. One friend even said, hey, don't they say in life, three strikes and you're out? But it wasn't that way with Andrew. See, because there was something about Andrew that I believe came from a deeper source that was on the inside of him. Because every time Andrew didn't get something right, and every time Andrew fell down, you know what Andrew did? Andrew got back up. Andrew got back up and faced what he was struggling with. Andrew got back up because of the power and the source that was in him to go and do what he needed to do. It's not about how many times you fall down. It's not about how many times you get it wrong. It's about how many times we get up. It's about how many times we get up and we're willing to say, God, I want more of you. God, come in close to me. God, draw near to me. God, do something in my life like you've never done before. It's about that moment when you get up. And when you get up, that's when you're going to grow. That's when you're going to grow. That's when you're going to get deeper in Christ is when you're willing to get up. I don't want to come to the end of this life and be one of those people who believed in Jesus but wasn't willing to stay close enough to Him to grow. You've got to root yourself in good spiritual soil so that you can grow to be the person that God is intending for you to be. So that you can be the person that God is calling you to be. So that you can walk out that destiny and that plan and purpose that He has just for you. Be a soldier. Be a warrior for Christ. Because that's what it's going to take in this world today. It's going to take the wherewithal to say, I might be laying flat on my face today, devil. But I'm getting up because I'm a soldier and I'm a warrior for Jesus. And I know that He has a call on my life. I know that He has a destiny and a purpose for my life. And I'm going to move in closer. And I'm going to move in deeper. If I have to get up and get up and get up again, get up. Every time you get up, you grow. Every time you get up, you move one step closer into your destiny. Stand with me this morning. Somebody needs to hear this in the house today. We all have broken places in our lives. 
We all have areas in our life that we are dealing with and places that the enemy has tried to come in and rob for us. But somebody needs to hear today that your broken places are not there to hinder you. Your broken places in your life are actually where God can drop a seed. Where God can drop a seed that can take root and can grow and bear fruit in your life. See, if you're allowing the enemy to tell you where you messed up, or you're letting the enemy tell you what everybody sees that you've done, then you are holding yourself in bondage and you are holding yourself in a cage that God has given you the key to walk out of. Because it's those places in your life that feel broken where God can do His best work. It's those broken places in your life where even today in this place, in His presence, He can drop a seed right in that place and it can take root. Open yourself up to face your brokenness. And you're going to see your life flourish. You're going to allow God to grow you. You're going to allow God to call you into a deeper place to give you breakthrough. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.